1: Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Light Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow pow pow
2: I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what?
1: Welcome along to the Melchester Odyssey, I have in my hand the uh, 9th of April 1983, Rove the Rovers issue, we began this last week, we got as far as the first panel in the story itself, we did the front cover and the first panel of the story and then a lot of stuff about winding, um, so... We'll try again. We'll try and not talk about winding so much, even though Roy's clearly winded here. Mm. But, um, because what happened is... I don't get winded. That's that's the thing about me. (laughs) That's his fucking...
2: Prince Andrew doesn't sweat. Roy Race doesn't get winded. I can't. (laughs) Try it. Punch me in the stomach as (laughs) hard as you can. You'll see. Go on, Blackie, you know, don't you? Have you ever (laughs) seen me winded? I can't get winded. That's incredible... He's I'm got, tried. like, a sort of titanium solar plexus.
1: <laughs> I tried. I get him with a sack of potatoes once, right in the guts, and it never even went down. <laughs> it was for the bet, and I lost.
2: That's right. You had to give me three weeks' wages for that, didn't you? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> it was worth it just to see your guts in action.
1: And then I had to borrow some money off you so I could pay the bills and the interest rate was sky high. <laughs>
2: So it cost me another well, three weeks I don't get into a winding concert, co- contest with old <laughs> racy boy because that's what's going to happen
1: financial ruin
2: many people have learnt that down the years <laughs> before I <laughs> was a footballer I used to make ends meet by just going round pub to pub and challenging <laughs> anyone to winding contests I made a fucking fortune out of that when <laughs> I was just a kid
1: to be honest it was touch and go whether I'd go pro with the football because I was doing so well with the pub winding I thought I could make a living out of it but word was not getting around
2: you see in those days of course we're going back to the 60s there was a lot of car park winding going on park, illegal car park winding and I was heavily involved they called me the boy wonder it was mainly men I was just a lad people couldn't believe it
1: <laughs> but he clearly gets winded here you can see by the way he catches the ball I am right not the, winded right,
2: I am not fucking winded
1: right fuck in the bird off. basket um, and uh, he, he goes oof and his cheeks are all puffed out and it's it's classic winding stuff but then he just boots the ball out in the next frame he's just Fuck he off. just fucking forgets <laughs> almost
2: it, out of anger yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: uh, goal kicks are something that are going a bit out of fashion aren't they I don't know what it's like down in league <laughs> one maybe there's more of them they don't try and do all this nonsense like throwing the ball out just to like the edge of the six-yard box to start mm. titting, letting the centre-backs tit about in League One, do they? Or is everyone it, at it's, it now? It's
1: increasingly prevalent because obviously League One managers think that they're in the Premier League and they don't realise yeah, it's horses it, for courses and that, that, it's that just different silly, things yeah. are needed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's to silly to because play.
2: you can't do it unless you've got the players to do it. You don't just exactly. do it because yeah. you've seen other teams do it on TV.
1: Yeah, there's, there's even Premier League clubs that haven't got the players to do it and they yeah, try doing absolutely. it. absolutely. It's hilarious when it goes wrong. I love it. But somebody what? posted on Twitter the other day, somebody posted a montage of goalkeepers hoofing it from the edge of their box. Really? <clears throat> you know, giving it some fucking full whack yeah. to try and get down the other opposition penalty area and they said this has gone out of fashion now and I said well will come back won't it everything's cyclical exactly it's just,
2: it's, fashion in football is quite stupid in a way um, because anyway seeing this illustration of Roy fucking welling it the old drop kick yeah up front is just it's a, it's one of the great sights in football
1: do you it know is. what I mean
2: people forget about the basic moments of like beauty and excitement in football all the time. They forget, like you know, we've talked about this before. But you know, the whole Barcelona under Guardiola era, I found it very tedious. I think a lot of people did that whole tiki taka thing because I thought, well, it's sort of removing so much of what makes football exciting. Yeah, the the endless kind of pass, 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 pass. You know, there's there's something beautiful about a sliding tackle there's something beautiful about a fucking big old header out of the mm. fence. do you know yeah. what I mean
1: well, there's that, something beautiful about
2: all of the a, messy parts of football a,
1: a, a crunching tackle still gets a rousing cheer from a crowd doesn't it, it
2: it's the it's only people thing see in football that will get a cheer that's almost as big as a goal if yeah. you rate what gets cheers in football you've got mm. goal mm.
1: then
2: you've got big sliding tackle haven't you getting,
1: absolutely getting through one of the opposition um, yeah 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 completely right but um, but goal kicks bring three. them back yeah
2: big ones
1: um, yeah I mean Sunderland try and play a kind of a passing style which sometimes works but when it doesn't work it feels miserably and when it fails it's usually because we're up against a team of fucking brutes yeah who will just run and press us and just not it'll be really physical and that's what we Sunderland really need a couple of big cunts in the team Yeah. because we need that variation we need a kind of a plan B which we haven't really got we need a couple of big fuckers who'll just win headers or just win tackles in the middle and then give it to somebody yeah, it's to like you're,
2: you're in League One you know that just fucking get what you need to get Yeah. do what lane. you need to do to get the to fuck get out, out. Yeah,
1: exactly um, so yeah, That's why when, when West
2: Ham got relegated, we got Sam Allardyce. It was the best thing that those fuckers, yeah, yeah. Sullivan and Gold, ever did. Mm-hmm. In all their time in the club, it's not all been bad. They've done good and bad things. More bad than good, I would say. But I thought the shrewdest decision they ever made, because the, you, know, you can only say David Moyes was a good decision retrospectively, because at yeah, the time it didn't look like a masterstroke. It turned out to be one. But but getting relegated and immediately hiring Sam Allardyce, in spite of the fact that there was some West Ham... Said, oh, but Sam Allardyce doesn't play the West Ham way. Eventually, that did become an issue and he had to go once we were in the Premier League. But it's just like, get that cunt in, he'll get us out.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He's a pragmatist.
1: Mm, yeah. Horses for courses, isn't it?
2: Totally. I mean, you probably couldn't afford him, but what a brilliant managerial appointment that would be. Now, because yeah. I know that everyone loves him at Sunderland anyway. Yeah,
1: it, 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 it'd get us up no problem. I don't think it could be asked now with a project. I think he said yeah, as but much. the
2: money. I mean, the thing is, money talks. If, if yeah. your rich owner just said, "Sam, come back and lead us back to the Premier League."
1: Yeah, <coughs> but the, the money talks. But then he, he's been getting good money for his firefighting jobs and his relegation avoiding jobs, which he, he did up till West Brom. I'm sure he was on massive. Boosts. Well, he had a meltdown
2: at the end of West Brom. It was like his last game was against West Ham, who he really hates because he never seemed to click with the fans. And we beat them. And in the in the in the sort of interview afterwards, he had a Keegan level meltdown. Yeah. But for some reason, it never really got picked up on and went viral as much as some other manager meltdowns. I don't know why, but he started having a go at everyone. He started lashing out. And he was lashing out and saying that it was the media's fault for presenting him as a um, firefighting manager who's only good for coming in and stopping <laughs> it's, relegations but it's can't... This
1: is all he'd been doing for three, four years. Yeah, yeah. he
2: went, oh, it's, it's you lot, isn't it? I'll never get a chance to do anything other than this. <laughs> he just went like bananas about it. <laughs> and uh, and he's disappeared off. Uh, ever since he seems to have withdrawn from public life. <laughs> so yeah. maybe it's best he goes back to Sunderland and you know rewrites yeah. his story by Finish getting up off. two consecutive promotions, which he would probably achieve.
1: Well, we're back on a bit of a winning streak now, so we seem to be all right until the next losing streak starts. Anyway, um, Roy has booted the ball. He's clearly winded. He's booted the ball out, as you said, in anger. Um, <clears throat> and he, he he caught it right in the solar plexus, and one of the crowd goes, "Heck, old Roy only just hung on to it." And then he hoofs it. At least he's ruling the roost in his own penalty area. Okay, fucking but right. A comment and all on I the am. rest of his life, yeah. And what a clearance! Um, and then another one says, "I still say he should have played someone else in goal."
2: I still say I hate yeah. that phrase, don't you? It's such a mm. lamp. A- I still say.
1: I well, have been proved wrong, but saying. in spite of that, I will continue to say the thing that is wrong. I still yeah. say it. And you can't stop me from
2: saying it. It's my it's, human right.
1: It's freedom of speech. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, freedom of fucking speech. That's overrated, isn't it? Uh, fucking freedom of speech. What you're fucking running around shitting yourselves about your freedom of speech? What's so important about your fucking speech? What have they got
1: to say? They've got fuck all else to say apart from they've got freedom of speech. Exactly. Say that, what's, what's, then your, you can... what's the big point? What's the what, big got...
2: contribution you want to make with your fucking gob to mankind? Right. Well, it doesn't matter. I just want to say it. Fucking why? Right.
1: You've got right. You've got your freedom of speech. Go say something. But hang on, make sure it's not racist. But, but... Well, then that's not real freedom, then, is it? Because <laughs> maybe what I want
2: to say is something that's a bit racist. At least you might call it racist. Yeah, we'll I would f- just call it common think It is.
0: It's freedom so, of speech. as
2: I thought, this is all down to you wanting to be, to racist, be racist without racist. any consequence. Yeah. That's what your freedom of speech fucking obsession surrounds, is it?
1: What if it who, does? Who are you to decide what is racism? And what is genuine fucking criticism?
2: Anyway. Um Unbele- but Fuck freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is overrated. (laughs) 99% of people, and I very much include myself in this, have nothing fucking valuable to say.
1: Mm. Well, it's a Twitter thing, isn't it? Twitter's brought about freedom of speech because it's it's so easy. to now to communicate your thoughts to a a wide audience. They should start charging three three pence for every tweet you do. That would fucking shut them up
2: fucking right
1: oh it's three pence now is it to be to have my freedom of speech what's free about that nothing i'll start my own think, twitter like donald trump did do
2: you do you think people are are more concerned than they were in olden days about the fact about their own irrelevance do you know what i mean about the fact that that there is a big world yeah. and most yeah. of us like don't really have any significant part to play in the in the yeah. broader scheme of things. But I think that, you know, and I'm not going back hundreds of years, I'm going back just to our parents' generation, that that wasn't a problem because actually, you know, you sort of think, well, it doesn't matter what role you, you think you are or aren't playing in the bigger picture, you have a role to play in your own small world every single mm. day, right? That and that just... is what you need to focus on, that's all that matters. But now... It's like people feel that they need to be regarded as significant and mm-hmm. as relevant and mm-hmm. as sort of in- integral to what's going on, to how the world turns. And it's like you don't need to feel that way, but mm-hmm. do you think that's what it's to do with Andy?
1: Totally. I think there's like there's so much more communication in all areas. Like you think about tw- 30 years ago, right, or whenever, when you, you were a kid and you'd go to the pub. Your night out at the pub would consist of you'd have to ring your mates to say, let's go to the pub and mm. then you'd meet them at the pub, and you'd spend the evening in the pub, you'd have some drinks, you'd have a few laughs, and you'd go on. And yeah. now you've got a text, everybody, you've got a WhatsApp yeah. group, everyone's communicating about where to go, what time they'll be there, there's differences of opinion, people are saying they can't oh. come, or they're going to be late, and all this. And you get there, and then people are fucking taking photographs of each other, and putting them checking on fucking their Instagram. And checking, checking in on Facebook where they are. And it's all yeah. this putting yourself out there for what? For who? Mm. You know, who gives a fuck? Nobody. And, yeah. you know.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, you're preoccupied all the time with what other people are thinking about you. You're presenting an and, image of yourself. But also, you want opinions that relate to the world, whether they're political opinions or social opinions whatever's like in the news that day, you want to say something about it and you yeah. want to be seen and heard. But why? It doesn't fucking exactly. matter.
1: Yeah, life isn't the Jeremy Vine show on Channel 5. We don't all sit around there with fucking like, Mike Parry at the end of the desk and Anne Diamond giving our when we opinions. There's many fucking we, opinions.
2: When we were teenagers, it was the other way and we used to almost pride ourselves on not having opinions. Not I mean, that fuck. was the culture of the times. Yeah. It was. I mean, I think the culture of the times, and I think that the youngsters now take the mickey out of our generation, don't they, for not taking mm. things seriously. And, you know, perhaps we've took that too far. But it was the culture of the times to, like, overtly... If you had an opinion, you'd hide it. Yeah. Because you'd think, it'll make me look like a pompous, boring twat. Yeah, yeah. Be- if I say that I've got an opinion in the nineties, you go well. Actually, I think like, New Labour have found a, a middle way, but in, in a way in which government can regulate capitalism to make it more socially equitable. Right? You think? Oh, better. Like, people go. What do you think? Of fucking talking? About? I don't. Know. I couldn't give a fuck, mate. <laughs> ah, give on another hooch? Right?
1: Yeah. yeah Opinions
2: totally. were really unfashionable, mm. and then all of a sudden. Everyone's got a fucking opinion. A opinion, and there's like a dangerous opinion surplus yeah. that everyone's dr- that society's drowning in.
1: We're, we're drowning in a lake of terrible opinions.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh,
1: like the wine lake we used to have in the EU before we left. Um, yeah. Ooh, anyway. lovely
2: wine
0: lake.
1: Jalapeño.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. Jalapeño We we really need to make an effort With this fucking
1: Roy the Rovers thing Yeah So Roy boots the ball away And on the touchline Sam Barlow is there um, With Taffy Morgan And uh, Sam says Taffy what's the verdict On Charlie Carter And Taffy says He's had a thorough check up Mr Barlow And the doc is fairly certain That there's no damage To his collarbone Oh god (laughs) Roy subbed him for no reason fuck shit <laughs> uh, it says Charlie had earlier been out of the side with a broken collarbone but fucking months on end Taffy goes there I, uh, I guess Roy was playing safe I mean Charlie did take a heavy fall <laughs> Barlow uh, goes I know but he could have come back quick he could have come back on after a quick check up there was no need for Roy to bring on the substitute and leave us without a specialist keeper the divide widens between Barlow Ooh. and race. Things are coming to a head. The sub was Mervin Wallace. Um, and then more from Barlow. He says that in my opinion, Mervin should be playing a defensive role instead of chasing, charging up and down the left wing. Um, and the ball falls loose to Paco Diaz. Someone in the crowd says, the Spanish superstar has had a go from 30 metres. Another one one goes, one of his benders.
2: (laughs) I'm (laughs) speaking, I I do it only in metric now. It's been many years since we switched from the imperial system. I think everyone should catch up.
1: What's that, 45 feet? Fucking hell. Uh,
2: Thirty meters, I think you'll find. I've I've done it. I've done that. I've got one of those slidey things that do conversions for you. I carry <laughs> it everywhere.
1: It's got a laser on it. Uh, one of his benders in inverter commas, and it's there, back of the net, and it's there. Oh yes, Paco. Oh, Only foreigners
2: on could bend the ball, couldn't they? Yeah, foreigners could in do that. Yeah.
1: English players couldn't do it. Um, goal! They roar. Melchester 2, Red Stoke 2. Comeback is on. <laughs> Look at Roy's face over the page. He's getting fucking some fucking grief. Like
2: he's jutting j- <laughs> his bottom lip out like a sulky toddler.
1: Yes, he He's getting some grief from the Red Stoke fans. He's just getting it from everywhere. Uh, it says, there were a few Red Stoke fans in the crowd behind Roy. A few. They've got banners and everything with Red Stoke up written on them. That's fucking thousands of the cunts. Um, that was a fluke. You're lucky to be back in the game, race uh Roy thinks I make my own luck
2: <laughs> 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 always <can't>. have when <laughs> I was a kid right I don't want to go into my parents because let's just say I'm an orphan right and I don't talk <laughs> as, as has been as I have told numerous journalists of this I do not speak of my childhood <laughs> but let's see that chapter is best left shot but when I was a kid <sighs> right I could have wallowed in the situation I found myself in. But I didn't. I went round the pubs and I invited people to win me, right? And I and I and I fucking ter- I monetized it. I realised that I had strong guts and I found a way of monetising that at a very young age. And I worked, and that was earning not just money but luck and status. And that's I was and look earning, at me now.
1: I was right? earning. I was banking money and I was banking experience. Two different things, but ultimately the same currency.
2: Yeah, I see experience as <laughs> like money. Although you cannot spend experience but in a way you can. In the bedroom for example.
0: <laughs>
1: the 18 year old Roy Race in the bedroom was a very different animal to the uh, however old I am now. <laughs> Roy Race, 49.
2: <laughs> I was instinctive, yes. I was like but a But was Leavitt. there a strategy? No. Now I've used strategy Strategy that I've developed over the years through experience plus instinct equals success.
1: <laughs> equals multiple female orgasms. Oh god! I was like a piston lad back then. Now I'm more like a, uh, a volcano.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a live volcano. A
1: slowly erupting volcano. Um. So, yeah, I make my own look. Playing Mervyn on the wig was a gamble that is coming off. He thinks to himself as he stares at the Red Stoke fans. Just like sits there scum. angrily
2: thinking positive affirmations. <laughs> I am great. I am a genius. No one is better than me.
1: I am race. I am the winner of the race. Always. <laughs> uh, as Red Stoke hit back furiously... Or of the redstone players That's it, pump the ball into the goal mouth. We've got to try and exploit racers' lack of experience. <laughs> pump it.
2: Yeah, pump what you want, mate.
1: <laughs> yeah, you sound like me when I was eighteen. There's more to it <laughs> than that though. Um,
2: <laughs> it's not just about pumping. You gotta mix it
1: up. <laughs> you gotta stir the porridge. No, I've said too much. Um, <laughs> so they do, they pump it into the box. Uh Roy's defenders were also aware of his lack of experience. (laughs) Look at this. It's a high ball coming in. He tries to catch it. It goes through his hands. Bounces off his bonce. Straight off his forehead and clear. He says, ''Mine! Oof!'' And uh, Baxter, Noel Baxter's trying to claim it as well. Trying to cover for him, really. And win the ball, even though Roy's called for it. And Baxter says, ''Sorry, Roy!'' Uh, Crowd member, ''You idiot, Baxter!'' He should know by now that Roy could look after himself. Uh, and the ball has come loose. It looks like there's an open goal. Roy's staggering to his feet again. Um Too late. Here comes the winner for Red Stoke. Uh Roy just threw himself at the ball. It's it's heroic, it's miraculous. He does he hurls himself at it. The shot comes in and it bounces again. Straight off Roy's forehead, That's going to be stinging after this game. He's going to need some uh, some ointment on there, I think. And as it bounces off him, he goes, Ooh! "Oh fuck!" Uh, Red Stork, ah, straight. my head. Roy, no, Roy's got in the way again. And indeed, he has. So there we are. Um, Blackie Gray snapped up the rebound. Uh, and Blackie just fucking humps it forward, straight up the pitch, route one. He's found Mervyn Wallace! And there's Wallace, of course, down the left wing. Uh, Rovers have switched from defence to attack in a matter of seconds! Which is completely what you would say at a football match in the crowd. <laughs> but Roy is down, head down, face down in the grass. Um, it looks like he's unconscious. And crowd member says... And Roy doesn't know a thing about it. He's flat out. They'll have to stop the game. They've got to. Fucking hell. So, we don't know what's coming next, but it doesn't look good for him. It says, will the Rovers be reduced to ten men? Find out next week. And we will. Mark's out a ten for that, Sam.
2: Ten.
1: Ten? I was going to give it a nine, but... uh...
2: It's smack, like It ends with him lying face down in the mud like he's dead. That's what Again. swung it to be a 10. It was already right. annoying, like Roy playing in goal is obviously exciting and fun. Yeah. But, uh, but at the end, yeah. he, he looks like he's died. I mean, pretty certain he's not dead, but still.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'll give it a nine. Uh, there's one other thing of note in this issue, which is on the Roy w- Race Talking page, and it is a small feature about Fatty Fook. Mm. Um, who you've, you've probably heard of Fatty Fook I don't know if the youngsters have but um, yeah. we, we can learn about him uh, and David Smith of Coventry has written in and says I recently heard about a goalkeeper from the past whom I knew nothing about he was known as Fatty Fook I learned that he was extremely fat but that's all I know about him can you give me some more facts he sounds disgusting he sounds like a human pig or maybe a monster. Was he a monster, Roy? Please tell How me. How horrible.
2: Did they kill him? They should have done.
0: Did they put him <laughs> in a zoo?
2: Yours sincerely, David Smith, Coventry.
1: <laughs> I mean, this follows on from Tubby Morton, doesn't it? Tubby Morton featuring yeah. regularly in was, recent there was issues. There clearly a
2: bit, a bit of a free-for-all on <laughs> fatism. In this era, wasn't there?
1: Oh, definitely. There are not many oh,
2: sensitivities around it. Was
1: obscene! It. Oh my goodness! Uh, so sickening! Right, so... <laughs> oh, please don't print a photograph of him. Oh, go on then, print one. I want uh, to see him. It's grotesque,
2: but I can't stop looking.
1: And I mean, there he is. Um, when did he play? It was turn of the century turn of the 20th century and there's a photograph of him there and he's got massive white shorts on that cover his gang- biggest gang- shorts to an I've arse. ever
2: seen bigger but even the, than Neil Ruddock's shorts
1: the waistband go up to his uh, underneath his tits um <laughs> he's got huge boots on but he's a big cunt he's a unit um yeah and Roy I mean
2: look at Tyson Fury when you see him in the ring yeah. he looks quite yeah, I mean, he's a guy who you'd say looks a bit out of shape. He's got a dad bod. Yeah,
1: yeah, you'd think so. And yet, you?
2: yeah, he's the greatest boxer of his generation. Totally. I mean, I it's think always, he will soon be regarded as one of the best heavyweights of all time.
1: It's always pleasant to see a glimpse of kind of rolls of fat around his waist when he's fighting. It's good Yeah, it's good bloody to brilliant. Yeah, it's life of You don't have to conform
2: to one particular shape and <clears> size. No. I mean, and, Frank Bruno. God bless him, legend, but Mm. he was the greatest physical specimen you could ever see. I mean, he was, I mean, I guess like Anthony Joshua is, but even more than Anthony Joshua. I mean, he was just, there wasn't an ounce of fat fat on him. He was like six foot whatever and just pure fucking muscle, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah. And yet
2: Tyson, let's be honest, he weren't that good. I mean, he was hard. But he mm. wasn't that good, was he?
1: It was good till um, he got to a certain level, but then. Yeah, Tyson level, Fury is great.
2: basically appears now to be unbeatable.
1: King of the world, yeah.
2: And he is—I mean—but if you looked at the pair of them next to each other, you'd, you'd think
1: you'd, you'd, you'd back Bruno every time, wouldn't you? Of course. You'd back Bruno. <laughs> anyway, fatty Fug, um <clears throat> Roy's given some info. Uh, I can says Roy. He's definitely the heaviest man ever to play in the football league that, there is no fucking doubt. Uh, He started his career with Sheffield United and at that time was just over 15 stone. When Chelsea were formed in 1905, William Fook, to give him his correct name, to give him his human name, (laughs) (laughs) became their first ever goalie. By that time, his bulk had risen to around 19 stone. When he ended his career with Bradford City, he got up to a colossal 25 stone. Fucking hell. But despite his enormous size, he must have been pretty good at one stage during his playing days. He was capped for Wales. No, he wasn't. He was capped for England England versus versus Wales in 1897. And he remained
2: the fattest cunt to have ever represented (laughs) his country.
1: Probably as the result of a bet of which he knew nothing about. (laughs) He was a puppet, (laughs) a pawn in the game of the FA Selectors. With a fat
2: lad and that that fat, you can sometimes get them to roll their belly fat in such a way that it looks a bit like a fanny. (laughs) I have made Toby Morton do this on many occasions. Have I put my willy in it? That's for me to know. All the best, Roy.
1: Next question. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> there we go. That's the end of that one. Um, we'll be back with another issue next week. Uh, thank you very much and goodbye. Goodbye.
0: goodbye.